The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard, right here on pain.tv slash gold. I am well rested. I hope uh, many of you had a wonderful holiday weekend. I went hiking with my wife. We went to the YMCA to swim in the pool, which we do pretty much every day of the week. We cooked some really good food. We went and visited some new farm markets, lined up some more organic meats from some local farms and butchers. And so we had a very productive holiday weekend. And because it was Labor Day, today's show I am going to dedicate to the history of Labor Day. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have no interest in dedicating a show to the history of Labor Day, folks. A day that celebrates the workers, the workers that are being replaced by artificial intelligence and robots each and every day. So we can call every day other than Labor Day anti-Labor Day uh, since we are putting the workers to rest once and for all here in this technocratic prison planet super state. Folks, today what we're really going to do is I am going to bring you back in time to 2010 and we are going to review an article in The Futurist by David Gellis and I had to really dig deep on the internet to find this article because there were a lot of people who were referencing this article but the original link was broken and so the article was missing on the internet but i was able to find a place where someone had reposted it and it is long and it is detailed and i'll be a hundred percent uh up front with you i did not and i decided to strategically not review the entire article myself before going into this show this was actually an article that came up during my research of Peter Thiel, who we're getting into this week. And so I didn't want to read the whole thing because I figured if I was going to read it, I wanted my first reactions to it to be right here on the show. So we're going to go into depth on that because there are a lot of people who keep emailing me, reaching out to me on Twitter and on uh, pain.tv slash gold who want to know more about transhumanism and the technocracy. And so, as we've already covered, a lot of the architects behind the modern uh, technocratic movement, and we're going to go into the history of that as well over the next couple of weeks, uh, there's more people who want to know about transhumanism and the two directly tie together. So we are definitely going to cover that. Uh, there is a video that popped up on Twitter. I think Spiro put it out. A lot of you guys follow Spiro. And then people tagged me in it. So I want to thank them for bringing this to my attention. But this is nothing new. So it looks like um, 
Brian Callen, he's an actor, he's a comedian. You might have seen him in the Hangover movies. Brian Callen does a show called The Conspiracy Social Club, a.k.a. Deep Waters, with comedian Sam Tripoli, who has the show Tinfoil Hat. And so Brian Callen, kind of one of these guys who was propped up by Joe Rogan, went on Joe Rogan on, what was it, September 3rd, so a few nights ago. And this clip came out. Uh, so let's play the clip, and then we'll talk about it briefly. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. There's an article I'm going to bring up uh, that was sent to me by uh, op underscore tweeter at, um, uh, over the last couple of days. And let me just say, um, to op, it's op underscore tweeter, uh, sends me a lot of stuff. Uh, I also have an article I'm going to touch on. Uh, before we get into the big article from Wide Awake on Twitter, Wide Awake has sent me some really interesting information and um, a website connected to a guest he'd like to see me interview, and I reviewed the website, and I love it, so I'll give you guys that information as a source. Uh, on Twitter, I want to thank Hopeless American, 8th Gen, uh, J. Smith, Susie J. Mal, J.Y., King Bronco, a lot of people who've been engaging and sending me information. I really do appreciate that. And over at Pain.tv, there's a number of you, including uh, Formal Hout, who sent me some information on the do not pay.com story that we've been covering. Let me just pull that up for you. I'm not going to go into depth on this today, but I just want to show you, where did I tag it here? Okay, well, some here it is. Okay, folks, so Joshua Browder, who is the CEO of DoNotPay.com, who was the Stanford student that dropped out to accept Peter Thiel's fellowship, to start Do Not Pay the Robot Lawyer with a mission to replace all lawyers. And I know that sounds like a good idea because many of us over the years have had bad experiences with lawyers. But, you know, with all the different projects and things I've been involved with over the years, I've had to work with a lot of lawyers who actually were really good. And so the mission to replace all lawyers with a robot backed by Peter Thiel and the Founders Fund, his venture firm, as well as the Thiel Fellowship, his uh, scholarship program for entrepreneurs, goes to show and ties into the fact that we're working on replacing doctors with AI mind twin uh, uh, technology over Zoom. And we're not just replacing low-end cashiers and truck drivers. We're also replacing high-end jobs. And therefore, I believe lawyers and doctors and others should be speaking out unless they would like to go extinct as well. But here's an interesting connection that formal out over at pain.tv slash gold sent me so joshua browder the gentleman the young gentleman running do not pay on behalf of peter thiel his father is bill browder and many of you may remember bill browder who is connected into the magnitsky act which came up during the 2015-2016 Trump campaign when there was a meeting that went on in Trump Tower connected supposedly to the Magnitsky Act and then that came out all during Russiagate. And so we will circle back around to this, but I didn't want to go too off course with Bill Browder today because that's a whole nother 
a whole other series of episodes. One of the people who has covered him extensively over the years is Lee Stranahan, who is on Twitter. Unfortunately, Lee Stranahan blocked me at my hackable animal account a few weeks ago because I was trying to provide him with information that I had learned in Poland on Russia-Ukraine, and I guess he didn't like what I had to say and called me stupid and then blocked me. So if anyone could get this information, um, I will work on an in-depth sort of thread tweet maybe uh, that you could send to Stranahan because I'd love to have Lee Stranahan on as a guest and give us a background on Bill Browder because he spent years researching him, which will shed some light on Joshua Browder, possibly, because I'm further going to investigate the Thiel Fellowship, other companies and entrepreneurs that came out of the Thiel Fellowship, which Maria Albanese and I are already working on. Uh, She is the co-host on Thomas Paine Podcast on Fridays. Actually, I believe her and Mike are working on a big, big, big hot wire today, uh, which you could sign up for at Payne.tv slash gold. Um... And I believe they're doing that in cooperation with Wide Awake on Twitter. Really good stuff. And then I think he might come on the show sometime this week or next week. So, anyway, I'd love to have Leif Stranahan on. I was not even trying to battle him. He called me an idiot. I shot back at him, and so he blocked me. Also, for the audience, just a public service announcement. U.S. Law Review on Twitter, that is Legal Man. He's been a guest on this show and on the Thomas Paine podcast. He was facing some really horrible battles with Twitter. They blocked him from using his account. And so if you guys are trying to find him, if you were following him, I believe you're safe. If not, he's now at U.S. Crime Review, I believe. U.S. Crime Review. And he's got a new icon before he kind of had a cat. It was just a parody that kind of looked like Adolf, and now it's sort of the reverse and looks like Stalin. So, I don't know. If you're looking for him, he's at U.S. Crime Review, very valuable resource on the history of our country and on law. But now, let's take a look at this Rogan clip sent to me. I forgot who it was on Twitter, but it's one of you guys that I mentioned, so I appreciate it. Let's just take a look, and as you remember, on the Dustin Gold Standard here, we covered the Joe Rogan, Elon Musk interviews from 2018 and 2020 extensively. So this should come as no surprise to you, but let's just put it in here and listen to what Joe Rogan is saying to Brian Callen. And just remember, I've told you that Joe Rogan's purpose is to normalize and humanize the technocracy and transhumanism. That's what he does. He pushes psychedelics, which now we know Peter Thiel, Deepak Chopra, BlackRock, and we'll get into that in another, maybe this week I'll touch on that some more uh, are all invested in psychedelics they were all invested in legalizing marijuana these guys go on to get you hyped up on drugs and turn you into sort of a worthless human that will then embrace transhumanism and the technocracy with open arms that's the purpose it's so obvious at this point so let's listen to joe rogan with brian callen co-host of conspiracy social club with sam tripoli with when i'm talking about the evolution of the creature becoming godlike i think it happens with technology and i think technology gets introduced into the human biology and it 
r radically accelerates our ability to think and, and solve problems and come up with new solutions and then invent newer and crazier innovations. But that's point tool where they can, using. But that, that but might it's be... It's not tool using. It's the fabric of space and time. It's if, oh, finding out what the fuck dark matter is, harnessing it, creating nuclear fusion in, in a sustainable way where they never have to worry about ever having any pollutants, have a zero carbon atmosphere. I'm still asking you, though. I want... So see, you see with Rogan, it's all about normalizing, becoming transhuman, because it'll help us solve all these uh, technocratic problems that we created of pollution and such, created by the very people that are now going to offer you the solution to fixing the problems that they created. And we get that done how? By putting a brain chip in our heads. You put a brain chip in your head created by the technocrats who created the problems of pollution, and then that'll make you smarter so that you could help them solve the problems that they created. It's just all a way to access your body, access your mind. Under times, to what end is that? I think we become a thing that's not us. I right. think we become a, like a fucking a alien. transhuman or something. I, I think that's coming. And I, I don't think that's going to be that far away. A caterpillar creates a cocoon. It doesn't know it's going to become a butterfly. It doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. Mm. It just does it. That's what it does. And I think that's what we do. We make better and better shit. And at this point, I think we're at the point in the human animal has devolved from being a caveman to being a person who lives in 2022 who's totally attached to your iPhone. We're real close. We're real close. And you keep following it. It's going to go to a point where those things are going to be inside of us because they improve us. They, yeah. they make everything better. They're going to fix your eyesight. They improve us. They make everything better. See, humans are weak. Humans are terrible. Humans are horrible. Humans decay. Humans break down. But robots, technology, artificial intelligence will make you better, will make you stronger, will make you a much nicer person. It'll fix all of your problems. As Deepak Chopra has said, they'll just keep injecting uh, drugs into your brain to level you out and to keep you uh, to keep you calm and make you into a better better human you're going to fix your body people with spinal cord injuries are going to be able to walk again and that's going to be the door and that's going to open it up to people that are going to use it to to make more money for sure if, imagine if there's a thing that you could plug into your head and all of a sudden you're 150 250 percent smarter than you are and you have access to instantaneous access to information on the internet and you start making financial decisions that that are like ridiculous in terms of how, how effective you are compared to everybody else doing it, you figure out how to control. And then the only the people that have that technology will be able to compete. Delete. That's good. The only be if you see, see, there you go. And there's Rogan in his own way, setting the stage, introducing the narrative, the same one that Elon Musk brought up, the same one that Deepak Chopra used to say to you that if you don't get on board, you're going to be left behind. And so what Rogan's doing there is saying, if you don't adopt the technology, you won't be able to compete. Deepak Chopra said you will basically be eliminated from the gene pool. You see, so it's, it's a scare tactic. It's a threat. It's pushing you that if you don't plug a thing into your head, as Rogan said, if you don't plug it into your head, you just won't be cool. You won't be hip and you won't be able to make 150% of the money that you're currently making today because you're 150 to 200 percent smarter you're smarter and now you're going to be able to make better investments like the movie limitless with bradley cooper where you eat the pill to access 100 percent of your brain that's what they're selling to the children folks that's scary if the only people that have that technology it, it's like there's a window of time when that shit starts getting implemented mm -hmm. where people are going to feel like holy fuck i'm going to get left out yeah 
Like if, if, if people become a different. Right. And remember Musk went on his show and said, they'll be able to get it in that $3,000 price range, or you'll be able to get a loan to finance it. Now, Rogan is selling it. You're only going to have a window of time. Folks, if you think that Joe Rogan is on your side in this, uh, I mean, look, if you love the prison planet, you love technocracy and you love transhumanism, then Joe Rogan is your guy. Thing. There's a stress amount. If people become a different thing, if we become a thing that is connected all the time to the internet, all the time, and your brain works way better than it works now, what if it just cures depression? What if there's no more war? What's the chip Elon's what working if there's on, no right? more? He's working on that chip? Okay, so Rogan knows that he's working on the chip, obviously, because Joe Rogan and I'm on the show three times to talk about the chip. Folks, when we get back from this short break, I'm going to touch on another article sent to me by uh, op underscore tweeter on Twitter. And this has to do with Burger King possibly becoming the first chain to drop meat altogether and move to completely synthetic Bill Gates plastic meat which I'm sure all of you are going to love. So you can say goodbye to Burger King and goodbye to the rest of these fast food joints that want to sell you plastic lab meat. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and we'll be right back right here on Pain.tv. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join us at Pain.tv slash gold. Get access to the uh, ad-free video version of the podcast, as well as the ad-free video version of the Thomas Payne podcast featuring Mike Moore, commander over at Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, let's just jump right into this. We don't have a lot of time to waste today because this article is going to probably, we're probably even going to run long. But for any of you who want to go into depth on transhumanism, this is the show. But first, we got to get our bodies ready. We got to give ourselves energy to power through these in-depth articles that there were authors back in the day willing to write this kind of stuff. And so for that energy, we need to jump over to Burger King and eat some slop meat, some Bill Gates plastic lab meat. Folks, this article is at uh, Next Alt Foods. It's nxtaltfoods.com. And this is from August 29th, so a few days ago. It says, uh, will Burger King become the first major fast food chain to drop meat from opening an entirely vegan location in London to offering meat-free versions of every menu item in Germany? Is Burger King looking to become a fully woke shithole? (laughs) That's not what it says, just the... 
the teaser for the article ended. Folks, it says, uh, it seems that every week we hear news of yet another location of fast food chain Burger King going meatless as a limited time promotion or as part of a meatless menu expansion. In some lucky parts of the world, the chain has even opened fully vegan locations. Is Burger King dropping hints that it will soon be replacing animal meat altogether? (laughs) Well, if there's not animal meat, I don't know what you would call it. I mean, it's not really meat if it's not based on an animal, huh? What do you think? says, in recent years, the chain has shown increasing confidence that plant-based meat is quickly becoming the new norm and sharing its vision of what its menus could look like in the future. I uh, challenge someone out there, any of you guys, maybe do a little deep dive into Burger King and find out who's financing it now, who's behind it, who's controlling Burger King's direction. Because, to be honest with you, there's no burger joint who's going to start making plant-based lab meat if they want to succeed. To date, Burger King has introduced plant-based burgers in 70 countries with an ultimate goal to offer plant-based options in its restaurants all over the world. In the U.K., Burger King is also committed to offering menus that are at least 50% plant-based by 2030 as part of its efforts to cut carbon emissions. Oh, 2030, folks, where have you heard that number before? This transition will involve a shift away from its reliance on animal-derived beef and chicken to plant-based alternatives, which in turn will lead to an increased focus on vegan versions of classics such as Whoppers and Nuggets. Yay, plastic Whoppers and Tar Nuggets. Burger King's head of international marketing, Sabrina Ferretti, tells Veg News, Veg News, uh, <laughs> that the chain is actively working to become a leader in plant-based fast food. Quote, Burger King is expanding its plant-based menus in different countries to offer tasty alternatives for everyone who would like a substitute to animal meat without sacrificing on the unmatched BK taste. Our ultimate goal is to position Burger King as the leader and go-to for the best-tasting plant-based food in the quick-service restaurant industry. Now, let's read a little further here because this is important. I'm not going to do a lot of stories on the plant-based meat. I am going to get into Bill Gates' investments in plant-based and lab-grown meats, which are sort of two different things. But lab-grown is actually quite dangerous because, at least in my research that I found, the regulations and the laws are already in place to allow your local grocery store to put a lab-grown piece of meat. That's a piece of meat grown in a lab, not connected to a body, so it never gets butchered from an animal. But it's literally growing in a lab. Like, imagine Rocky. Hey, how you doing? This is Rocky. Adrian. Adrian. So Rocky's in the meat cooler with, uh, with his buddies, and he's hitting and smashing those sides of beef but those sides of beef weren't butchered off a cow they're just growing from the ceiling like plants and so 
because the law and the regulations look at it that as it look at that as actual meat they could technically be putting it on the store shelves now as uh, a ribeye steak as uh, a t-bone whatever and it might not actually have been butchered from an animal but grown in a lab you know using stem cells and such and so Rocky's in there pounding the uh, lab-grown sides of beef as Mick is cheering him on. Come on, Rock! You son of a bitch! You're a wuss! Hit those lab-grown slabs! And so that's what we're looking at here, folks. There could be lab-grown meat on the shelves. The plant-based stuff is everywhere. Impossible Burger, Beyond Burger. There's actually a company called Soy Boy, believe it or not, a brand called Soy Boy. It says here, Burger King's meatless mission, the chain's adoption of plant-based fast food offerings began in 2019 when Burger King first introduced the Impossible Whopper at select locations in the United States. You've probably seen advertising for that. Becoming one of the first national fast food chains to adopt Impossible Burgers to its menu. For this offering, the plant-based patty by Impossible Foods is stacked with all the classic Whopper toppings, including sliced tomatoes, lettuce, mayonnaise, ketchup, pickles, and sliced onions, all of which are GMO'd at Burger King. So you're taking genetically modified organism vegetables and slapping it on top of a plant-based genetically modified organism burger. We didn't used to call them Impossible Burgers back in the day, though. I think they were called Veggie Burgers when they started all this stuff 30 years ago. Uh, And can be fully plant-based by asking for no mayonnaise. The Impossible Whopper became an instant hit for the company in regional tests, and it wasn't long before the meatless option was expanded to its more than 7,000 locations nationwide. Ironically, the launch of the Impossible Whopper happened on April Fool's Day. How uh, how nice of them. Quote, you can think of it as a meta April Fool's joke in the sense that people will get a burger that they will actually believe is made from animals and be told it's made from plants. End quote. Impossible Foods founder Patrick Brown told CNET back in 2019, quote, they'll think it's an April Fool's joke and it's not. End quote. How very nice. How very nice. Folks, they're feeding you Soylent Green Burgers and laughing in your face. I'm not going to go any further with this. This is a good article, though, if you want to learn about these meatless burgers. Uh, But let me show you this website next, because as I'm sort of giving some credit to the uh, listeners out there, this came over from Wide Awake, and he introduced me to Jacob uh, Nordengard. Uh, PhD, a Swedish researcher, author, and musician. This is at uh, blog.jacobnordengard, N-O-R-D-A-N-G-A-R-D dot S-E. And I guess he heard him on Catherine Austin Fitz's show, who's been a guest on the Thomas Paine podcast, and said that he thought he would make a great guest uh, for the Dust and Gold Standard, so we're going to reach out. So last night when he sent this, I spent a little time reviewing the website, and there's some great resources here. And it happened to uh, fit right in with what we're doing because on the last article on the first page of the blog, the article is called The Last Trump. And this article actually gets into, it was actually written in uh, March of 2020, 
Remember that? The beginning of COVID? And this article actually gets into Trump's funders and advisors and really goes into depth on Peter Thiel, the government partner, technologist, technocrat, transhumanist, who wants to freeze his body and live forever. Uh, forever. And so this was a really good article. I'm not going to review this today. I have some more research to do on Thiel before we start getting into his quest for immortality. But we are going to talk about companies that he owns like Ambrosia and others focused on making old people young again. He's actually into freezing his body and bringing it back to life. All kinds of crazy stuff. And so I always just like to balance these technocrats' quest for immortality with reality, right? And show what hypocrites and how contradictory they are. So remember, as Peter Thiel is on a quest for immortality, he's also funding people like Lars Butler of the AI Foundation who wrote an article on LinkedIn called The 42 Reasons Why Killer Robots Are Unstoppable and How We Must Lead in Artificial Intelligence Autonomous Weapons. So Lars Butler, one of Peter Thiel's uh, cash recipients, is over here pushing for the advent of more AI autonomous killer robots while Peter Thiel is on a quest for immortality, for the fountain of youth. So we'll get into that, I believe, tomorrow. I just want to refresh you on what we covered. Uh, we dropped a show on Friday night, Saturday morning. And we covered this article uh, by Mark Piesing in uh, Unheard, who was also a writer for Wired Magazine called Silicon Valley Suicide Pill for Mankind. And this article got into sort of this quest for... Uh, immortality, sort of the transhumanism, the posthumanism ideologies that are powering Silicon Valley. And I thought it was a really good piece. I went on to read because Mark references an article he wrote in 2014 for Wired Magazine on transhumanism, of which he said he was criticized as a complete lunatic for writing it. But I found that article. It's called Creationist by Robot to Study Technology's Impact on Humanity. And this is a great piece of which I'm also going to cover tomorrow. Because then I came across an article on SingularityHub.com. And this is Silicon Valley's transhumanist movement uncovered. And this was a piece written on my birthday, January 19th, but of 2009. And it said, David Gels from The Futurist has written a very detailed piece that describes Silicon Valley as the epicenter of a worldwide transhumanist movement. Uh, Gell's article is neither pro nor anti-transhumanist, but instead is focused on telling us uh, on telling us about the history and the players that have shaped this movement from past to present. The article is a crash course for anyone interested in learning what the transhumanist movement is and who is involved. At a whopping 20 pages, you really have to be interested in transhumanism to sludge through this article, of which I am and I hope you are, because we're about to do that. It says, for those who don't want to read the whole thing, here is my take on a short summary. And so this author laid out a short summary. 
And it's going to get into the players, which are Peter Thiel, Robert Entiger, the father of cryonics, founder of the Cryonics Institute, author of famous immortality books, Aubrey de Grey, founder of the uh, Methasula Foundation, pioneer in the science of fighting aging, and Ralph Merkel, pioneer in cryptography, researcher and speaker on nanotechnology and cryonics, and James Clement, executive director of the World Transhumanist Association. And it will get into the World Transhuman Association, Alcor Foundation, uh, Foresight Nanotech Institute, Extropy Institute, Methuselah Foundation, Singularity Institute for Artificial Intelligence. And so when we get back from the break, folks, we are going to delve into this article. And for those of you who are interested in this topic, stay right here because it's about to get crazy We are learning about transhumanism and the technocracy. And as I learn, you learn. And so let's dig deep into this using an article that already exists. And in here, we're going to find plenty of names, plenty of people behind the scenes. And this is usually how I start when I'm investigating a new subject. I like to start with something that was written. And then that gives me breadcrumbs that allows me Uh, to have the information I need to start digging and looking into other aspects. Now, I've already done this, and this week we have a number of really good shows coming out. But right now, we have to dig deep into this article. If you want to learn about transhumanism, let's start with the places where it was already researched and written about. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 